Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Into the Fire. I'm on with Bill again. Hello. And we're actually going to cover one of George R. R. Martin's other lesser known books, and it's called The Ice Dragon. It was uh, originally published in 1980 in the Ace Books anthology Dragons of Light, and was also included in the 1987 collection Portraits of His Children, and it's since been published as a standalone book. Now, this is a children's story. More or less. But it's a children's story written by George R.R., so it's still got its share of gruesome imagery, melancholy, death. I'd say it's a, not for young, young, young kids, but it's for, well, you know, it's whatever. It's for any age, really, but it's... Generally, I think the ones that would be interested in are probably like, uh, you know, 10 or older or something like that. Well, or at least uh, 8 or older. And George R.R. claims that it was not part of um, his world of A Song of Ice and Fire, that it's separate. And it does predate it. The first book from his main um a Song of Ice and Fire series, A Game of Thrones that was published in 1996, so quite a while after. Um, but the book jacket cover of The Ice Dragon claims that it is part of the same universe, so a mistake was made there. Either that or, well, there's some things, there's some reasons why we don't think it is. But uh, there's quite but it, a- it, it, it might have been meant to be, and he might have actually introduced it like that. To, or he may even say it is nowadays. Who knows? He may have retconned certain things in some future draft that will never be published. Um, but There's quite a lot of um, imagery in common with um, A Song of Ice and Fire, and I have a lot of reason to think he at the very least reused some elements of it. And um, I should also mention... That in 2018, Warner Animation Group acquired the rights to make a feature-length animated film of this book, um, with George R.R. producing and um, his manager, Vince Gerardis, as executive producer, but no news has come of it since, so... Yeah, you never know, though. Um, some, sometimes things get stalled longer than that, and... They can still see the light of day. But anyway... Yeah, but we start. Yeah. So, anyway, as Sarah was saying, there's some similarities to uh, uh, Game of Thrones, to A Song of Ice and Fire, to just the uh, the whole uh, Westeros uh, universe. Uh, but it um, the reason why is because there are multiple dragons in it, not just an ice dragon, and it takes place during a war which could be considered, as Sarah would say... Um, well, it's between dragon riders on both sides, and it reminds me of the Dance of the Dragons. Before I realized it wasn't meant to be in the same universe, I assumed that this took place during the Dance of the Dragons in the Targaryen reign. Yeah, so... I think that was uh, during that particular uh, civil war. And what was exactly happening there, Sarah? At that point. Um. What do you mean? In the background for Dance of the Dragons and all that. Like, what is this uh, conflict involving dragons? Well, you've got uh, Rhaenyra Targaryen and 
Oh boy, I'm going to screw up his name. Was it Daemon or Daron? <laughs> I don't know. You're the game. Yeah. I am, but they got so many names that are. Well, anyway, there was he, an inheritance inbred. issue where he was the, or, um, he was the most um, the closest male heir, but Rhaenyra was a much, much, much closer female heir that the previous king had named, but um, so the the conflict started over supporting the much closer female heir to a more traditional, much further down the line male heir. And both, I assume, had dra- quite a few dragons yes, and soldiers and, and had at it, basically. They had at it. So, there you go. Um, and of course, you know, we will, of course, discuss that in a future episode, way, way, way down the line, no doubt. Um, in the case of the Ice Dragon, the conflict is not within the same country, so it's not civil war. But... Well, who knows how well far that... I don't know how far that Targaryen thing would have spread. I mean, it could have been, like, a whole bunch. I mean, I don't know. You would know better about that. But anyway, I'm sure some of our listeners would, too. But anyway, so during this time period, uh, it's war. Times are hard. Um, the young Adara... Am I saying that right? Uh, how about we start with how she was born? Okay, you go on with that. So it was a bitterly cold winter, and... Um, Adara was born, and, um, it, it says that the cold came into her mother's womb while she was giving birth, so that's creepy. I don't know what that would exactly mean, um, but in spite of being indoors with a fire and multi-blankets, um, her mother Beth did not survive the birth, and, um... The chill apparently killed her, and Adara was born with pale blue skin that felt cold and blue eyes, blonde hair. Yeah, get your Elsa references. Out yeah, now, she people. she looks like Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> get your Elsa, uh, get your Elsa um, <laughs> jokes out now, people. Yeah, she came out singing "Let It Go" or something like that. But anyway, and she stayed cold like that. Yeah, she was living, breathing child that was. Cold with like death pale, but she skin. does not seem to have ice powers, and she seems to otherwise be human. I mean, she needs to stay warm ish, but you know, they're always describing her as cold. I think it's just supposed to be in her appearance and demeanor. She's sort of shown, as Sarah will mention, she'll she'll sort of uh show as being distant to uh things, including her family. Which, again, there's reasons for that, because there's hardship, and she's kind of viewed as a bit of a freak, probably. Uh, That's the impression you get from reading it. And her father associates her with the death of his wife. Yeah, and it's the whole thing. There's a lot of that. Um, That kind of recalls how Tyrion was born, yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, George, you can see he's exercising and uh, trying out some themes that he's going to use later... And, you know, he's going to ex- have his own uh, expanded um, series and, ex- you know, an overall, like, a much bigger universe with many things. And he's going to have things like that. And you could say, oh, well, you know, that happens a few times. I'm sure that happened. I'm sure death in childbirth and was a... Uh, it was very really... common in Westeros as it was in yeah, the real medieval times when... Yeah, exactly. So it's... Uh, it, it definitely stands to reason that you know he'd be doing that. He'd be you know that they could they could be 
very similar and uh so anyway she did not show the regular level of emotion for a child that age even when she stepped on a nail that was stuck in a board under a snowbank and it went through her foot and, yeah, she, and she was bleeding she like didn't flinch or something like she that. just like walked up to her dad and said father i hurt myself father, and she's like I, I bleeding Father, I appear to be a bleeding out of my lower left appendage. Please extract the... Yeah, anyway, sorry, go ahead. She was like that, I guess. Um, her father is described as a huge, gruff bearer of a man who had little use for people in general, but a smile always broke across his face when um, it, her brother, Joff, pestered him with questions. Yeah. Her father's name was John... Her older brother was Joff, spelled with a G. Um, not like Joffrey. Um, G, not a J. And her older sister, Terry, who... Um, uh, Joff... Okay, Joff was inquisitive, and he liked to ask questions and help out at the farm. Terry was, you know, giggly and flirted with the boys, and... And uh, anyway, their father had, uh, you know, a lot of hugs for his kids and was an affectionate father. But toward Adara, he wouldn't hug her as often. And when he would, it was during the winter and he would cry while he was hugging her. Yeah, I think that he has like a thing where he wants to love her and does love her. But he associates But it hurts her. too much, and he doesn't think that she returns yeah. it back. And, 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 well, he also probably thinks, like, okay, my wife died, and I have a monster baby now, which, you know, that's unfortunately what a lot of... Uh, that would be, like, a medieval-type attitude to have, and it's like... But he isn't, like, cruel to her. He still seems to love her as a uh, father. He's not, like, a Tywin. He's not Tywin. He's not Tywin. Randall Tarly. Yeah, he doesn't... He's not somebody who, uh... The, the much crueler fathers later on that take it out on their children. So, um, that's, that's, you know, it's one of those things I kind of think that's good. Of course, you know, it's a kid's book, but, you know, kid's books can also swing either way with that. And so her brother Joff is helping her father in the fields during the summer. It's heavy work. They're farmers. Um, and his sister, her sister Terry is working part-time at an inn by the crossroads during the busy season. An inn by the crossroads. That's a thing in the Game of Thrones. It's yes. the inn at the crossroads so, to change hands. All those. So, so again, it, there's, there's ways that it sort of does occur in uh, the same universe as A Song of Ice and Fire, but at the same time does not. And the reason, another reason we don't is because, yeah, the seasons... That's the biggest issue here. Uh, so, Adara is... At this point, she's seven. But she said, they say, use the term and seven she, winters. Seven winters, and she's... So she's like a seven-year-old kid, and she's been through that, that's seven what, winters. Like a be, normal kid in the normal real world. Yeah, exactly. In like Westeros, <laughs> the winters last a varying number of several years. Yeah. And if Adara had lived seven winters, she'd be a full-grown woman by now. Yeah. Um, 
how old would depend on how severe those winters had been. Um, yeah, she could be. Uh, what did you say, Sarah? You said she, she could. She could be middle aged if the winters were really severe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, this is normal time. Seven years, seven winters. As far as we know, at least. Anyway. And uh, it goes more to their uh, their family life and um, how um, her father worked and how he never drank in the summer. Except for... Except he'd a, have a cup of wine when his brother visited. So yeah, exactly. normal, he doesn't have a problem. Uh, nope. And... Uh, her siblings love the summer, and um, her uncle, um, Uncle Hal, the dragon rider in service to the king, and he would come. He would come on his dragon named Brimstone. Yeah. Um, yeah, who's like propped up to be a very intense dragon, a very powerful dragon, one of the elite. Uh, dragons, they sort of mention that, you know, some dragons are very, very uh, elite, some of the soldiers are elite uh, and I imagine it would be of course, you know, better uh, better soldiers would get better dragons and better horses and better weapons, you know, just And uh, his uncle would come on the dragon in the summer because dragons cannot stand the cold. Yeah, that's sort of a key plot point. And uh, Uncle Hal would bring back candy and jewelry and other gifts for the kids, and he'd bring back a nice bottle of wine for um, his brother John. And uh, yep. they'd they'd talk about the war and castles and dragons, and um, he'd um, he also, you know, Adara didn't really care for hugs from him either. Um, or any of the gifts he brought. Yeah. Um, she was distant toward him also. Well, it's shown that she's distant towards uh, everyone, including her her family, her siblings, and, like, the family pets, too, which this is sort of a plot yes, point. Yes, this is a plot point. And Uncle Hal, you know, brings up that um, John should really be kinder to her and shouldn't blame her for what happened to her mother. And... Um, her father says, can't I? No, I suppose not, but it is hard. She looks like Beth, but she has none of Beth's warmth. The winter is in her, you know. Whenever I touch her, I feel the chill, and I remember that it was for her that Beth had to die. So, so yeah, there's there's bitterness. There's bitterness, but again, he still tries. Uh, well, or at least, as you as I said, tries more than somebody like uh, Tywin. And, uh... When Uncle Hal says you're cold to her, you don't love her as you do the others. Um, her father says, Love her, ah, Hal. I loved her best of all, my little winter child, but she has never loved back. There's nothing in her from me or you, any of us. She is such a cold little girl. And then he'd start crying. So there you go. There's also that and just the fact This that is a kid's book. Well, he's confounded by this child that seems to be enchanted and... As he said, his wife died, and he doesn't have a wife now. So, um, and anyway. anyway, yeah, when when it gets cold again, Hal leaves on his dragon, and you see he has his, how many other children? He has 
Two. He has two other children, and so they, three they, children. They're a lot closer to him, so it's like it's shown that he's kind of like, I don't know. And uh, when his uncle Hal leaves uh, for the winter, you get to see his squad with thirty dragon riders in yeah. formation. Yeah, and and you and this as we later see the other side has has uh, some crazy stuff too. So it's like. Clearly, there's an intense civil or some kind of war going on between with two sides having dragon, multiple dragons, and warriors trained to fight on dragons. And then you get about how Adar, it's winter, and Adara's smiles are for the winter. She, yeah. she loves the she winter. She loves the winter. She loves the cold. It doesn't bother her. Um, she goes out into the field. She puts out food for the animals. She builds a snow castle. Um, there are ice lizards that come out in the winter. And these ice lizards... Um, oh, they're cute in the illustration. They look kind of bearded dragon-like. They're, 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 I guess, very, very, very tiny bearded dragons. I mean, bearded dragons, you know, they generally are still bigger than a child's hands, but these are, like, really tiny. And when and other children play with these lizards, um, they're breaking the lizards in their hands, melting the lizards in their hands, even if they're not on purpose being cruel to them. Yeah, it's these lizards are actually literally made of ice. That's the thing. It's not, this is not some sort of, like, you know, cold-loving lizard or something, odd as that would be, or some sort of, well... Sort of like anyway. her brother Joff melted a lizard in his hands, the, 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 and he things, didn't mean to hurt it, but he had warm hands. These things are literally made of ice, so and uh, it's sad. Yeah, and you you get to see the uh, sadness of the uh, the ice lizard melting, but there are many of them, and it's and like, Adara can handle them just fine. They're not damaged by her skin, so she could hold them, and yeah, and again, she lets that, them crawl on her. That goes sort of into that weirdness where you're not sure if she has some kind of cold power or not. I mean, she, again, she seems to be human. She can be warm or anything like that, but she apparently she is like really tolerant of cold and also is able to like touch, you know. Things that are will melt easily without melting them. So and I, she loves these lizards you know, more than the the normal family pets that. Uh, she I, th- these are like her her her. She thinks views them as like her kin more than anything else. And as much as she liked the ice lizards, she loved the she loved the ice dragon even more. And this um, dragon, it would. It seems to be actually made of ice. It's huge. It's got translucent wings. And it would come out into the field to see her. And it, it comes during the winter. Like it's, It comes it during, during the, winter. the winter. It doesn't like Well, heat. it doesn't see... Yeah, exactly. Um, and we'll, we get into that more later. But um, it's, it's very... I will say this. There are illustrations in this book... So when we say something is like this, we're not just describing how it's described in the book. They're actually illustrations. And um, the the ice dragon actually looks really badass and kind of terrifying. Like, that's actually one of the more terrifying-looking dragons. Uh, who's the illustrator by that? It's, the illustrator uh, is Luis Royo. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember if I've seen Louis it. Ca- Luis. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to remember if I've even heard of him before, which I may have, but I might not. It's one of those things. It's uh, you know, uh, you get those uh, 
and various uh, artists that uh, are known for painting those sorts of things. But it's it's very well done, and it is a very it's actually it, it's cool. It's a dragon, but it actually looks really intimidating. It doesn't look like cute or lovable at all. It looks nope. like it looks more intimidating than the other dragons drawn, too. Anyway, and the old folks believe that seeing the ice dragon is a sign of a long and bitter winter if it's abroad. And I'd say that they're right. The ice dragon is influencing something. Well, winter seems to go with it. And again, we'll sort of... we It touches up on it later. And it's huge. It's bigger than it's the bigger dragon than the that... It's bigger than the dragon his uncle her uncle rides. It's bigger than um, the dragons the other soldiers have. Um... Like, half again that size. Yeah. And it's five... And the regular dragons are five times the size of a horse. Yeah, so there you go. It's huge. And... Its eyes were clear and deep and icy, and it had hoarfrost. So that, that would be like a, a light layer of frost over it. Um... And when it moved, its skin broke and crackled as the crust on the snow crackles beneath a man's boots and flakes of rime fell off. Yes, this dragon's made of ice. Yeah. I should also mention that the dimensions, it's five times as big. Illustrations don't quite portray it. Like, I mean, these things would be a lot bigger if they... Triple row of icicle teeth. Yeah. Unequal length. So... And the teeth are white. And the cold winds blow blow when it beats its wings. Snow swirled and scurried. The world seemed to shrink and shiver. And when a door's um, blown open in the wind, the householder would say, an ice dragon flies nearby. And when it opens its mouth to um, breathe out, it's not fire, it's cold. Yeah, it actually breathes out. And... Ice forms, ice. fires go out. There's ice um, Point is that Trees froze, animals are killed by the cold. Um, something about it almost, it sounds a lot like how the White Walkers are described. Yeah, well... It like the imagery feels very similar. Okay, it, to me it reads, it has ice breath like Superman does. Superman can do that. Sorry for making that comparison, but... But, uh, that, that, I don't that have a reason actually... to believe that the dragon is evil, as the no. White Walkers well, seem well, like they... She seems like a White Walker, too. I mean, she seems... They both seem like White Walkers, and that seems to be the wintry theme. You know, but again, they're not meant... Like, neither Adara nor the Ice Dragon, as Sarah said, are meant to be evil. Clearly. It's they're more like a force be, of nature. Yeah, they're meant to be a part of winter, basically. And it'd be like one of those things where I'd say... And okay, the ice lizards run away from it. Hey, it's big. Oh. Well, the ice lizards seem to... I mean, yeah, they're just these little lizards. The ice dragon is gigantic. It's and Adara has no sounds. fear of it. Uh, she's a winter child. The dragon is her secret. Well, they seem, to, they seem to become friends. And... Yeah, she, one time, she takes off her glove to touch the dragon, and um, it's not hurt by her touching it, and she's not hurt by it either. Yeah. And it was her fourth birthday. She's four years old when she touches 
The first time. The first time, the ice and dragon. Then it's, and then it's again, she's seven when the story begins. So imagine so, a four-year-old just walking up to this massive, intimidating dragon and petting it. By massive, you mean somewhere between... Yeah. Like, almost the size of an airplane dragon. And on her fifth birthday, she rides it. Yeah. So she's sort of basically sneaking out in the winter, doing uh, doing exploring, and ri- actually riding a gigantic dragon. So, and her dad has no idea what she's doing. Well, she just disappears, as kids will do, you know? I, you know, disappear... You know, I grew up in the uh, 80s and 90s, and we would just disappear sometimes. I'm at, you know, that you know, the further back you go, more people disappear. Like just, and you know, sometimes kids would disappear and they wouldn't come back. So, and know, uh, back during this flight, um, Adara thinks that she sees another ice dragon in the distance. So there's, there's there yeah, might I be more than one. That that's actually one of the most interesting points because this this ice dragon is sort of portrayed to be a one of a kind. But at the same time, it might not have be this, this other one. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's meant to be implied that they're, you know, they're mates or something. And I should also bring up that in the main Song of Ice and Fire series, um, there is a, uh, I guess this isn't really the main series. There's a, a spin-off encyclopedia that's written as if it was written by a maester from that world, yeah. and. Recounting far off uh, lands that are poorly explored and may or may not be sailors' tall stories about what they see. There yeah, are reported ice dragons there. there that are described very similarly, and there's no solid proof that the ice dragons exist. They never found like a body from one, or um, no. And some of the other disasters of the shivering sea in the far very far north lands of always winter um the maester points out that maybe the ice dragons are the ones causing it so it's implied and it's implied that you know you have these uh as you know you have you have these uh influences on weather that it, it has i mean it has the ice breath and it seems that whenever it flies around... Winter so in falls, this way, it does carry carry into the Westeros world. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways. The biggest... In fact, the really the biggest uh, issue with that is the seasons. If you ignore the seasons or, you know, headcanon something different, then, you know, you could arguably fit it in there. But honestly, I think that what it is is that this was meant to sort of be, you know... Him doing his first foray into uh, into what would later become Westeros, and I'm sure he had other separate forays into it, just different oh. things that he brought together and then tweaked to become. After that. she flies her dragon all day, when she comes back, um, her father hugged. He cried, he hugged her, and he also beat her, which, uh, that's... The whole, to be fair, that's one of those things, George R. R. Martin not mincing, uh, what sort of time period it's meant to mimic. I mean, back then, it's, you know, back then being, like, really, like I said, only, like, 20 or 30 years ago, like, you know, people would still beat their kids for wandering out for too long, for too far. And after she goes to 
um, bed. Her brother comes into her room and says that she missed it all. There was an ice dragon. It scared everybody. And father was afraid it had eaten you. So his reaction was out of fear. Well, he was trying to basically say... Again, not to justify it, because I don't think you should beat children, really. Um, I know that that people still do, and that that's, like, a whole thing. What he was trying to do is tell her, no, you can't, like, you know, when there's danger, you have to come home and be near and all that, so I don't lose you. I mean, he would have done it to probably any of his kids. And I'm sure, though, that it was very, very terrible for him especially not just for her but for him because i'm sure she was just very unresponsive and that probably you know freaked him out even more which you know not going to sympathize with him over beating a child but you know he's uh he's clearly it's clearly another thing with their uh, relationship which uh again it's oh very much over and done with once george R. R. martin writes it but it's still something something to frame and um, so every winter she goes out to see this ice dragon and fly on it, and the winters are getting colder and colder, um, and I'm assuming this is from the dragon's influence. Um, the, the sixth year, um, they sent a, of her life, they send a message to the king, and they never hear back. And, um, when Hal visited, he said that the ice dragons are not like real dragons and you can't break them or train them and that people who tried are found, yeah, dead and frozen from... (laughs) Yeah, they, they, they don't survive, needless to say. And, uh, it's implied that you have to be even really crazy to try it. So they're, they're these truly wild elemental dragons... And for all we know, there's other types of elemental dragons, but they're these truly wild dragons that cannot be tamed by humans. They're not the ones that are uh, a part of uh, the war because they can't be tamed. It would be basically the difference between a cow and an auroch. And um, Adara's father is like, why isn't the king doing anything? Unless somebody can kill the dragon or drive it off, we're not going to even have a planting season in a year or two if it keeps going on like this with the winters and it hell's like the king's got other concerns and the war isn't going well and um the enemy army has twice as many dragon riders yeah so there you go right there boom twice as many and there's like what 50 you said it was 30 in his 30 in his so yeah they have at least 60 strong and I don't think his squad is the only squad no, either. it's implied, I think, that there's, like, hundreds on both sides. So... The Targaryens never had this many at once. How many was their maximum, Sarah? You'd know this. I should know this, but I don't. But, but it wasn't well, that many. G- give an estimate. Whatever. Uh... Like 10 per side or something like that? Yeah, closer to that. Yeah. Either way, or there's a little, little less. large... These are large. Personally, I enjoy this. I like the whole idea of these epic armies of dragons and probably even more amounts of uh, armored knights and horses and um, scouts and foot soldiers. I don't think you have more than 30 names dragons in the whole... Yeah, but either way, I imagine armies even larger than that just 
clashing on both sides. So he's painting very much an epic war. I mean, it's also, I feel like the tone is also, you know, are you really going to be able to kill this really powerful dragon? Uh, and there's even talk of, well, if the enemy takes over, then it's the enemy king's problem um, when he conquests this land. Yeah. Um, and Adara is thinking no matter what king ruled the land, it would always be her ice dragon. Yeah, so she loves the ice dragon. The ice dragon clearly uh, is okay with her. And, and then the war happens. Yeah, the war is happening. Howl goes off to it. And his his uh, wing of dragon riders is smaller, so they're either being killed or wounded and you know, they're not in the... Yeah, and they're not being reinforced. So. And he's he's trying to encourage John to move because... The winter terrain is getting too bad, and um, he should just get out while he still can, get a good price for his farm, and move south. But you know he, you know he he doesn't want to leave his land. It's his home. His wife is buried there. Um, his parents are buried there. Um, and. Um, yeah, he says he wants to be buried beside his wife when he dies, and Hal's like, you're gonna have that happen a lot sooner if you don't leave. Yeah, it's implied that he has to leave, and that the war is getting worse, and it's coming there. And um, the next time that Uncle Hal you know, comes back, there's only a dozen dragon riders with him. And he didn't bring any presents for the kids, so things are going bad. Um, and the enemy has won a big battle, and um, the the king of this country's army is on retreat. They're, they're retreating, and uh, the dragon riders are the rear guard. And... Is supposed to raid and burn and delay the, delay the enemy. And Joff's uh, still optimistic. Yeah, yeah. His uncle and his dragon burn them up. Joff's also he's younger. He's a kid. He's the youngest one. No, he? he's not. No, he's the second youngest. I think he's the oldest. I thought you said that the uh, other daughter was the oldest. And both are older than Adara. Yeah. Okay. Either but they're both. But all three of them are kids. Yeah. Like. I I think that uh, Terry might be like a little bit into her teens. uh, But either way, she's noticing boys. Either way, they they're young. They're they're of course going to be like, yeah, my uncle or my daddy's going to win the war single handedly. He's got to right. Um, And the the king's highway is getting more and more busy. And at first, it's soldiers coming in a disciplined retreat, and it starts to get get worse they're they're in disarray and you finally got you're seeing badly wounded men and this is gruesomely yeah, described again, i'm they, actually they, not going to describe well, it but no, it's no but that's the funny thing that again ch- 
theoretically a children's book. That's why I say... Uh, it, it's describing, like, dragon burns on the soldiers um, to pretty gruesomely. Again, um, this is totally something I would have read if I were, like, eight or something. and Well, maybe ten, because the reading level is a little bit more. But, you know, it's the sort of thing I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a big kid book. I like it. Yeah. Um. So, either way, the war is here. The it's going badly. The dragons are here. There's dragons on both sides. They're, the uh, king's dragons are losing badly. Uh, and what happens to Uncle Hal? He's he's still alive. It's... But what happens to him? We'll get to that. All right, fine. What then? So, yeah, it's getting worse. The um, And at, at this point, some men that are starving are riding starving horses overriding them they're foaming and um breathing too hard and they're just like go they're burning everything and they don't stay they ride off Uh. which is insane but of course keep in mind both sides have dragons so that's that would make you do things maybe you wouldn't normally the innkeeper's smelling ashes on the wind if the wind blows from the north, and the innkeeper moved south too, and Terry's distraught. Um, yeah, she ha- it's later revealed she does have some kind of a thing with, uh, was it later or early? At some point it's revealed she has some kind of a, um, a thing with the innkeeper's son, and yeah. so of course she wouldn't want him leaving, and yeah. but he left. Yeah, he left to not die. And um, finally, the King's Dragon Riders come, and there's only four of them, including Uncle Hal. And um, some of the the dragons are looking bad. His dragon looks sick. Its wing is its wings it's are hurt. damaged. It's, it's injured. It's been, and it seems like he's, he has, to his credit, been doing a lot of the fighting. And how is he? Um, so yeah, the dragons, its wings are burned, its eyes are running, and it's flying awkwardly, and Hell is like, you gotta go, you gotta, they're gonna be there in three days. And John is like, I'm still staying, but take my kids with you when you go south, you know, to keep them safe, take them on the dragon. And, um, Uncle Hal says the dragon is injured and can only take one kid. And, um, well, he says, um, John says that Adara should be the one that goes because she's small and light, barely weighs anything. And, Adara doesn't want to leave. She refuses. And this causes issues. Uh, Yeah, Adara runs. With her dad just, like, shouting behind her. But he doesn't give chase right away, so she gets a head start. Yeah. um, She runs off into a tall, like, grain field. And she's out after dark. Um, They're looking for her with lanterns and calling for her, but she's still hiding. And... Um, she goes up a tree to hide. 
And when she's up the tree, she starts to see enemy dragon riders coming in the sky. Yep. And, um, they start breathing fire out, and... You can imagine how just at that point, he was just like, alright, I'll take the next one. And she... Yeah, the wind from the the dragon flying by is hot and chafes her skin and... It's hot and it burns and it's meant to imply that, of course, that it's burning. And, uh... Yeah, at this point, Hal is facing the dragon, enemy dragon riders and he gets caught right in a blast of dragon flame and, um... Yeah, Hell is totally on fire, and um, his dragon's on fire too, and they die. Right? Kids' book. Kids' book. And, uh. Yeah, the dragons are burning things and um, burning the farm where uh, one of the neighbors lives. So what happens? She runs. Yeah, and then... She hides herself in a cave, because it's cool in the cave, and they're not going to find her there. And um, she starts to feel it get colder, and she finds her, her ice dragon friend outside of the cave. It came back for her. So, yeah, the ice dragon's here, and you can tell that, you know, things are about to really get crazy. And it's not winter. It came for her, and it's not winter. It's not winter. And she gets onto the dragon and tells it to go with her and take her away to the land of always winter and never come back, and she'll build him a big castle and take care of him and ride him every day. Actually, I said him. I don't know the dragon's gender, but... Um, anyway... I don't think dragons have a concept of gender, but I don't know oh, what yeah. sex is. Actually, yeah, because the dragons, the regular dragons are kind of implied to be both or be able to change like some fish can. So, um, anyway... Oh, so George R. R. Martin is Jurassic Parking his dragons. Okay, gotcha. Go ahead. So, she's flying away on her dragon, and she hears a sound, even though it's very far away, and she shouldn't have been able to hear it. She hears her father scream, and um, she starts crying. That's not normal for her. She doesn't really show emotions, as you know. And as she's crying, she realizes that she feels the cold from the dragon, and um, her... heat from her hands is leaving a mark on the dragon's skin too so somehow this um tears for her father for the first time um kind of broke whatever ice power she has it sounds like which also sounds awfully similar to uh a certain thing from frozen uh, yeah. Again, and keep in mind, this is 1988, was it, you said? This is long before Frozen. Was it 88? Um, hang on, let me uh, double check. This was... Um, Nineteen eighty. 
80. Wow. Okay. This is way before This Frozen. is way, way... Well, this is way before a lot of things that I would compare it to before. And she, she tells the dragon to please take her back to her farm. For, and they turn around and go back and she... She whispers to her dragon, you know, please help me. And the dragon, it, it goes back. And um, when she gets there, three of the enemy dragons are at her dad's farm. And they're eating the livestock. And there's a illustration of the dragon eating a sheep. With a... It's Ryder just standing by watching it. Yeah, another uh, another very clear illustration. But to be fair, a dragon eat, dragon eating sheep is a lot less graphic than it's uh, not eating people being burned alive uh, or anything like that. So, and one of the dragons is eating her father's horse, and its rider is trying to get it moving back into the air and is uh, whipping at, flailing his whip. And two other dragon riders, they come out and head for their dragons. And at that point, there is an epic battle between Adara on the ice dragon and the three uh, enemy dragon riders on fire dragons. Yep. And... They're blasting each other with flame and with ice and um, breaking each other's wings and it's... Um, Either way, this ice dragon... One of the dragons is just like... The ice dragon breathes on it and it just freezes and yeah, dies and the, hits the ground. The, not just the dragon, but the rider too. They just... It completely flash freezes them. Again, it's Superman cold breath. Again, sorry for that comparison. I don't like it when people compare things to Superman either. But the point is that it's cold breath. But you breath. did it. It's cold breath. It's flash freezing, ice breath. Oh, yeah. A, a rider got flash frozen and see his skin turn blue and he just... Yeah. And the ice dragon is also um, taking a lot of damage. It got an entire wing melted. And, you know, that that ruined its ability to fly right there. Yep. And the yeah, the dragon uh, fights with the last dragon rider and um, defeats him completely. Yeah, the point is that this ice dragon kicks Vass of every single one of the dragons, uh, and of course the riders, and probably whatever other remnant of the enemy army there is. It saves the day. But it it lost its own life and was melted. But well, or at least you'd think. I mean, we get in. We'll, yeah. And Adora goes running for her father and finds him alive and um, they're they're tied up in the house and she, um, 
her father and two siblings are um they're alive they're freed from their imprisonment and um there are some injuries but nothing that can't be fixed um yep. and he's fit enough her father's fit enough to travel that night and they leave Um, but the, yeah, there's no ice dragon. There's no, you know, obvious ice dragon body to be seen. There's, it there's the three dead dragons it and melted. there's a pond, a small quiet pool yeah. with very cold water that hadn't been there before. Yeah. It may, <laughs> it's the um, ice dragon. Yeah, it's... The point is that... You know, they walk around it and they head for the left. road. There's nothing left. So that was theirs for them to do and I suppose now is the time to mention um there's a there's a fan theory not backed up by any solid canon um but a a fan theory that the the little pond at Winterfell is this yeah this is assuming that this is the same world which George R R said that it was not yeah. but that the pond in Winterfell is the ice dragon and it's where winter fell yeah. Um, so this isn't. But again, this isn't canon, but it's an idea. Um, well, but there's discrepancies, and you can. I'm sure that it's meant to be something along those lines. So, but 1980. That's a very uh, interesting. So. No, uh, they they had self. The their father takes work for another farmer, and um, he's sad for his farm being lost and his brother dead. But um, he has. He has Adara, and she is showing normal kid emotions she's that you would expect. She's normal now, uh, in theory. Everything's normal now, in theory. And the war is maybe progressing. The war maybe. is progressing. The, the king uh, routed the enemy's army in a great battle and burned the enemy's capital. But we don't know how much further that goes and we don't know if there's uh the point is that it's going good for them in theory and uh that's the enemy's capital uh there's gonna be civilians in there but it doesn't go into that uh well it's that way with every children's storybook where you know the bad guy gets routed and it's like they don't go into the whole how many likely innocents died in that just uh just the bad guys that's all and it says, in the peace that followed, the northern provinces changed hands once more. What do they mean by that? Just, it's... I guess it means that there's peace. All right. And Terry marries a young trader and remains in the south. And Joff and Adara go back to their farm. And when the frost comes and the ice lizards come out... Adara smiles to see them and remembers them, but does not touch them because she realizes they're cold and fragile and the warmth of her hands would hurt them. Yeah. So that's how it ends. That's how it ends, of course. Uh, there's the question of, you know, is there another ice dragon out there? Is that ice dragon even really truly dead? If it is winter itself and the incarnation of uh, winter and dragon form? Uh, either way... Uh, it's, I think it's a very cool book. Uh, now, again, 1980, like I was saying. So that 
predates a lot of things uh, that are dragon ridery stuff that, you know, I, 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 it reminds me of stuff that I knew as a kid. Um, trying to see when McCaffrey... I've yet to actually read the McCaffrey books. I'm trying to see when exactly... The Dragon Riders... I know they're pretty old, but... I'm actually looking up, bear with me, looking up, 60s. Okay, 60s. Oh, right, so they were around first. They are around first. Well, again, I got into, I'm gonna, I'm sorry, I'm gonna bring this up. Well, there's all sorts of dragon stories, uh, including, you know, dra children riding dragons or children encountering dragons. I go to all of that, but of course, you know, the first thing... I know that, you know, people will, like, do things like, you know, of course, the, there's plenty of people that'll get started on uh, Anne McCaffrey, and there's plenty of people that'll get started on, like, the How, How to Train Your Dragon franchise and all that stuff, uh, both the books and the movies and series and all that. There's a whole franchise there. I got my start of, you know, into, I eventually read McCaffrey when I was a teen. Before that, though, my first exposure to people riding not dragons but dinosaurs in a little franchise called Dino Riders. Again, that was that's why I said nineteen eighty eight. That was uh, you know late eighties. Uh so that of course and of course let's be honest, that was it's weird. It was half like science education, half toy commercial. But the point is is that you had people riding dinosaurs with lasers and it also had them riding pterosaurs, which are not dinosaurs but They'll be called dinosaurs for most people, you know, what people would call pterodactyl. People would be riding those in that series and they'd be shooting laser beams off them. But it's the same concept. I'm sorry. It's the kids. And, and, you know, and later on with like Transformers and Beast Wars and stuff like that, it's, you know, it's li these living things that are flying around shooting if it's fire, ice, or lasers at them. Uh, that always, you know, fascinates. That always confounds. It is a very good uh, little story, I think. And it is very unique to George R. R. Martin. And I think, as Sarah said, you can say, okay, it fits within the Westeros universe and all that stuff. Where, you know, it's during the Targaryen Civil War. It's during <laughs> um, when these sorts of things happen. Um, or maybe before that, when there were even more dragons, because as Sarah said, I mean, I don't know the details of that. She knows the details, but she said that that's way more dragons than uh, these two Targaryen sides had. Maybe it was Targaryens in another dragon-related house or something like that. I don't know. Um, oh, well, all right. Sarah would know. What did you say? Well, um, House Valerion had some dragon riders associated with them, too, but they didn't exactly have... Um, numbers like that 
either. Maybe and it was meant to be one side was Valerian, one side was Targaryen. Now there was Valyria, which had a ton of dragons. Now nothing in that story sounds like it's set in Valyria. But no. well, it, it also the whole thing with it being in the north, where it's like okay, where White Walkers might be, and where you know ice dragons. It's actually kind of interesting how with Game of Thrones, you later get the White Dragon. And it's kind of, you have to admit, that's kind of similar. Like, it makes you wonder if somebody was like, oh, let's just do this. Uh, and that that hasn't shown up in the books, but yeah. it still could. It could. It absolutely could. And we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So, uh, again, it's a very, I personally like it. It's a very good book. It's uh, illustrated nicely as well as, of course, yeah, of course. You've got the pretty pictures. No, it has, uh, you know... It's well written. It's somewhat graphically written, as Sarah mentioned, but uh, it's it's very much an epic fantasy, and it's you know a nice epic fantasy to introduce kids on. Honestly, well, again, is is as appropriate for kids if, if as this could be. If they're old enough to read some, you know, battle and. All right. Let's be honest. Kids love that stuff. I loved that when I was a kid, and to an extent, at least. I know I loved uh, Call of the Wild when I was pretty young. Um, yeah. And uh, well, that I, was... I, I would watch dinosaurs rip each other apart on, you know, uh, you know, fake documentaries. Well, not fake. They were real documentaries, but using fake, you know, usually it was uh, still uh, stop-motion dinosaurs or something like that. Later you get the good... Well, not good, but pretty good with walking with dinosaurs and now of course who knows what it is now but I mean I should say walking with dinosaurs is great but either way the point is that you know you can take animals ripping each other apart or even you know soldiers on even horseback even if you take away the dragons just on a horseback you know you know just cutting each other's heads off and stuff like that. Kids eat that stuff up. But again... I was a bit more sensitive. I mean, I found the orcs in the first... in the Fellowship of the Ring live-action intense when I was 11, but... Yeah, of course. Well, that, I, I can't say how that was because when Fellowship came out, I was like 18 or whatever. Um... <laughs> like, I was good with reading a Tolkien. But... So I thought it was epic. Um... So anyway, that is our episode on the Ice Dragon. I don't know if Sarah, if you want anything to add? Um, so, yeah, that was the Ice Dragon. It's a, it's a good little story. It's sad, but um, right, it's, well, nonetheless, it's good. and. Um, it's sad, but in a cool way. Yes. And it's one of those things where I think... Uh, you know, I think I think even if you're, of course, you know, we're not kids, so I think that, you know, adults could pick it up and read it and enjoy it for the most part if they like George. And R. R. Uh, stay works. tuned for more George R. R. Martin because we'll also uh, be covering the A Song of Ice and Fire chapter series. By chapter. That, yes, and um, thank you for listening to Cast It Into the Fire. Um, goodbye. Uh, Bye.